Hey, this is Dr. Jenna Bice with Heal at Home Moms. This is the podcast where we discuss all things motherhood and postpartum issues, but also just all things pelvic floor, basically the things that I tackle in my job that I think that all moms around the world should get to know. Um, and that's what we talk about here. So let's take a listen. Okay, everyone. So this is Rebecca Greer. Hello. Um, she has become a good friend of mine. And it's so fun because I actually met her as she had her postpartum physical therapy. Yes. I was so fortunate to get to be her physical therapist. <laughs> and um, we've become friends. And it's been so fun to learn about her specialty and what she does. But I'm, I was so excited to have you on this podcast because I think that, um, well, let me preface, sorry, Rebecca here is a registered dietitian, kind yeah. of an important fact, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you specialize in intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll admit, well, you know this, I don't know a ton. I only know what you've told me in some brief conversations about it. Yeah. Um, but just even the name by itself, mm-hmm. so many women after they've had babies, you know, our bodies change, our metabolism changes, our needs yes. change. Right. And it is such, so many people want to know, how do I lose the baby weight or mm-hmm. what, what food should I be eating or not eating? Mm-hmm. And it's so tricky. Yes. Um, cause yes. I, I'm definitely not a fan mm-hmm. of those fad diets. Right. Right. And so I love what you do and the approach that you take to food. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so tell me, first of all, what made you want to become a registered dietitian and Gosh. what brought you into this aspect of it? Re- intuitive eating. <sighs> The first memory I have being interested in nutrition, I was, um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's. Well, it was really, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and then it changed to Crohn's, but I was 16 and I couldn't eat anything by mouth for 21 days. And so they were Mm. doing all my nutrition through a port. And I remember the dietitian came in and I, this must not be a correct memory because I can't imagine a dietitian doing this, but <laughs> you're like, not that I do this, is this but yeah. the point is this was like, yeah, yeah, this was, this was enlightening to me. So she came in and she said, you know, do you want the max calories per day? And I was like, yeah, you know, I want to recover. I want to heal. I want to get like, mm-hmm. everything that I can get. And I, I'm like, surely she didn't ask me that. What a weird question to ask a 16 year old. Like, what did you just decide what I need? And well, to be so, honest though, like you said, I mean, yeah, I know of doctors asking their patients if they want a pelvic exam. Right. For real. And you're Gosh. like, why are you asking the patient that? Of yeah, course yeah. they don't want a I pelvic know, exam. Right? <laughs> Shouldn't you be telling them if they need one? Yeah, um, exactly. But yes. So, so maybe, maybe it is real. Maybe, maybe it's real. But um, so that's my first memory of nutrition, intrigued by it. Always just kind of read about it on my own. I was going to be a CIA agent. Yeah, girl. <laughs> that's what I was going to do international relations. And I was going to learn all these crazy languages. Anyway, so then I just, I took some classes in college. I was like, ah, I don't, all these people are so much more interested in that than me. <laughs> I need to change up <laughs> what I'm doing here. Um, so... Anyway, I just decided, I was like, nutrition's really interesting to me. Yeah. And um, I had thought about physical therapy, but well, that you had to been, take physics. That would have been good, too. <laughs> I was like, I can't do physics. <laughs> but I guess I could have, but anyway. So, anyway. Okay. I quit engineering because of calculus. Oh, we've had this conversation. Yeah. I no, I, I, that wasn't the only reason, but yeah. I also was like, I also want to work with people and not computers. Right. So, you know, there yes. is, 
there was a couple things, but yeah. I also was like, and I hate this calculus class. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that was it, part it of it, you in, know, in the correct directions. Yeah. yeah. So, um, nutrition has never not been interesting to me. I became a registered dietitian in 2009, I guess, 2008. So 12 years ago. Yeah. And so anyway, did the typical undergrad and then I went to grad school and, um, did a master's in, of science and nutrition and became an RD, passed the exam, all that good stuff. But during grad school is when I was introduced to intuitive eating. My favorite professor who I still I follow her on Instagram today. Uh, what's, her, what's her handle? Leslie Schilling. Nice. Okay. So she's amazing. Um, she's based in Las Vegas now, but um, she's a sports dietitian. She's a certified eating disorder dietitian. She's also an intuitive eating dietitian. So it, we read the book. And it made so much sense to me deep down in my soul. It was like, mm. gosh, this is so true in so many ways. And so. Can I just interject that? Yeah. Like, like I said, my knowledge on intuitive eating is not always going to get better after this mm-hmm. podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's minimal at best right now. But yes, so many women, myself included, has had a form of eating disorder in their past mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or some trauma associated with that. Right. right. And then a lot of women feel so much pressure to like drop weight fast after they have babies because yes. of all the stupid stuff we see Gosh. on Instagram. Yes. Um, yes. And or, you know, and uh, the point being that our culture doesn't really set us up for healthy eating habits. Oh, no. And um, yeah. And that's, to put it lightly. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a good point because we're born with these skills. We're born as intuitive eaters. Babies are intuitive eaters. So a baby cries. Hopefully they're responded to properly and they're fed they cry they're fed they're they cry they're fed and and it happens over and over and over again and so it it instills this trust in the body that I know what I need and so when I'm hungry I ask for food yeah and when I'm full I stop you know if you've ever tried to feed a baby or a kid past their fullness point it doesn't matter what it is they are not interested you know. Yeah, whereas now I'm like, I'm so full. Keep yeah, yeah, eating yeah. queso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And- when, when am I going to get this again? You know. <laughs> no, but it's true yeah. that that's, I mean, babies, it is. It is. They're, they're yeah. like, oh, they're done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. French fries left on the table, ice cream left, you know, so it doesn't matter what it is. So <laughs> I did just picture a baby with like French fries and ice cream. <laughs> Cheetos and soda. Get some, get some breast milk and then some French fries and some ice cream. <laughs> Yeah, I know we don't recommend that. But, <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> That's just the image I got in my brain because no, of so how funny. we switched the topics. Yeah. But it is true that, I mean, my little kids, I let them eat yeah. that stuff sometimes. Oh, and yeah. and it is true that the other day, Mira, my five-year-old, was mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm done with this ice cream. I don't really want it anymore. I'm full. Yeah. And I was like, sweet. I guess I'll throw it away. But, yeah, I mean, right. when do I leave my ice cream half-eaten? Totally. <laughs> yes. We eat. As if it's our mission to finish it, right? Like that is the point. Um, that's what we learn. Yes, that is learned. Finish and, your plate. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the unintended consequences. And it's, you know, usually good intentions by parents. Um, Trying to make sure their kids get nutrition. Right? right. And so the Clean Your Plate Club we know now teaches you to pay attention to external forces of, well, there's still food on my plate, so I must not, I must still need to eat, even though my belly's telling me I'm full. And so we learn throughout our lives and our not so healthy eating culture that um, all these different things that we don't need to trust our body. But so the point is, is really with intuitive eating is to relearn how to eat because we already know it's just kind of, it's buried 
underneath all these mm. dieting things. So yeah, only eat these three food groups yeah, <laughs> or right? count your calories. And then, yeah. so, and especially postpartum, yeah. when a woman's needs change right. so much oh, yeah. for everyone, but then also if you're nursing. Um, yes, there's nothing like nursing hunger. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was, it was really cool to experience intuitive eating. I've been pregnant and had two babies. Um, They're pregnant twice. Two adorable, babies. by the way. And oh my so, gosh. <laughs> thank you. And I, I remember being pregnant with Margaret, my oldest, thinking, gosh, this is going to be interesting. And how I could just completely trust my body to tell me when I'm hungry, tell me when I'm full. And then you get to go through this kind of, you know, thought experiment on, all right, what do I want to eat? What do I have? Um, what's available to me? That type of thing. And you kind of have to pull from your brain all these different experiences on, okay, well, the last time I had this, I felt pretty good. Or the last time I had this, I had a sugar crash. Or, you know, the last time I had this, I had indigestion. So um, I think a lot of people hear about intuitive eating and they think, well, I can't just eat what I want when I want all the time. Well, yeah, it's not about necessarily eating a bag of chips if you feel like eating a bag of chips, right? I mean. It could be. It could be. Okay. It could be. But. The caveat with intuitive eating is that you're supposed to be attuned to yourself. So that's the tricky part there. You have to kind of learn how to read your body. Right. And learn while you're eating it, are you still enjoying it? You know, because um, it's easy to zone out with food, right? Mm -hmm. And you open up a bag of chips and all of a sudden it's gone and where'd it go? Oh, darn, I didn't even enjoy it. You know. I know. Man, I have to say those jalapeno kettle chips. Oh, (gasps) Those are like, I was going to say, those are like my thing. Like yeah. when I want to splurge, it's yeah. either like a charcuterie board mm. or jalapeno yeah, you're a kettle savory, chips. You're a savory person. Oh my gosh. I yeah. love it. I yeah. mean, I love sweets too. Yeah. Well, so do I. <laughs> I love it all. <laughs> yeah, but, me um, too. but yes, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. I, I grew up with a lack of knowledge about nutrition, mm-hmm. but this pressure to yeah. um, be a healthy weight without any knowledge on how to get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, it wasn't are you hungry or not? It almost was like, I was told, no, don't be hungry. Right. Don't trust yourself. Like, yeah. Be, be afraid of your hunger. Yeah. Um, that hunger isn't a good thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of fear about food, a lot of fear about eating in our society. The next thing you eat is going to kill you or this is going to save you, you know, or and real, it changes oh, depending on the decade. All the time. That's, <laughs> that is the part of nutrition I like the least is, I mean, it's a fairly new science, so it well, is it's changing still learning, all the time. of course, of course. And so, but the thing is, is that we don't actually have to pay attention to anything outside of us. We can pay attention to the inside of us to learn how to eat. Mm. Um, the knowledge is all there. What is intuitive eating? Yeah, so intuitive eating is a compassionate self-care framework that treats all bodies with dignity and respect, and it is science-based. There's over 120 studies of, nice. that have been conducted on intuitive eating. The first book was written by two dietitians in 1995, and they just came out with a fourth edition. So, because um, they keep of, learning more, so they right. keep adjusting as they, they keep learn adjusting. More. They keep they keep taking out weight stigma language and putting in weight neutral language and um, that type of thing. So, but. The elevator speech that I give is it's forming a healthy relationship with food and your body. So 
it's an inside job is what we call it instead of mm. an outside job. So there's 10 principles. So the 10 principles are reject the diet mentality. We know that diets don't work. Um, it's the cool thing about our culture right now is that diets are starting not to be cool. Yeah. Um, or I know I'm, I'm honestly kind of scared of them Yes. because I have a history of an unhealthy relationship with that. Right. And so I don't want to do something that's going to trigger me. Right. And yeah, cause you to get obsessed with counting this or, you know, counting that. So we know that diets don't work. Actually, there's a ton of science now that shows us that diets actually predict weight gain. So the more you diet, the more weight you're going to gain, not lose. Um, Once you stop that diet, right? Gosh, yeah, it's a yo-yo. Most diets are not sustainable. Oh. Or honestly, I look at certain things that I'm like, okay, that might be good for me, but I, I'm Enneagram 7. Yes, okay. It's a totally yes. different thing. Yes, But yes, I yes. am, um, I... Part of why I eat is experiences. Mm -hmm. What I eat and drink is for enjoyment. As it should be. And so do, do be. I want to give up pizza forever? No. I don't. No. Um, so me giving it up for a diet is yeah. kind of confusing to my What's body. Because the yeah. then when I eat it, I'm going to put on weight again. Gosh. And yeah. to be fair, postpartum, you and I both, yes. it's normal to go through fluctuations. Oh, yeah. Like I have some videos now of me online where I'm, at a lowest weight and I'm at mm -hmm. a higher weight. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And honestly, I think that's good Our, because right. that's realistic of what can happen yeah. with bodies. Hormones. Yeah. yeah. Our bodies have a range of weight that's healthy for us. And we can get into a whole discussion about what is a healthy weight and how BMI is not a good indicator of health. Um, but that's a whole separate discussion. But um, yeah, diets just, they don't work and they teach us to pay attention to something external and rules eat this not that eat this much not this much you know um so it's just it's just not healthy and i totally interrupted you so yeah. you're talking about the 10 yeah the 10 principles mm -hmm. so yeah the first is reject the diet mentality kind of saying okay they don't work i'm gonna i'm gonna go past that i'm not gonna do that anymore um most people have enough learned experience with the diets to know for themselves that that it doesn't work but most people blame themselves instead of the diet it, the problem's the diet. The problem's not you. The problem's not willpower. The problem is that no mm. human, no human can do that forever, and nor are you supposed to. So, um, honor your hunger is the second one. Make peace with food, which means there's no good and there's no bad foods. This one is really hard for a lot of people. Um, we don't put labels on food as good or bad because we we have been trained. Oh yeah. That there are good foods yes. and bad foods. Yeah. And um, so if you eat something that is, quote, good, then you feel good. If you eat something that is, quote, bad, how do you feel? Bad. And we're not supposed to feel morally <laughs> we, according to what we eat. We're yeah. not supposed to do that, you know. Yes. I think I'm the weird one that I, like, <sighs> eat something and it was bad for me. I'm like, it was totally worth it. <laughs> good. That's the intuitive eater in you. Okay, good. And so that's what I was going to say, too, at the beginning is that a lot of people hear the phrase intuitive eating and they think it's a bunch of fluff, you know, because it sounds kind of woo or whatever. But it's, it's really, it's actually, actually science-based. I think it sounds healthy. Good. Good. Um. And I'm going to introduce, don't let me forget to bring up the concept of intuitive peeing. Hmm. <laughs> that sounds up my alley. It is uh, totally up your alley. Okay. Let's okay. do it. So make peace with food. It takes the power away from food. If you 
say, I can't eat this food or I'm not going to eat this food for this reason. It puts it on a pedestal that you can't reach and likely the next time you have the opportunity to eat it, there's usually an overeating situation or a binge situation and you feel like, see, I can't have it because when I have it, I go overboard and it's like, yeah. no, that's biology. It's the know? idea that if you want a piece of cake at someone's yeah. birthday party, have a piece of cake, have a piece of cake yeah. rather than yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. Tune in. Does it taste good? Or is the icing waxy? You know, is this a really good homemade piece of cake? Or is this not so great? And you take a couple bites and you politely throw it away. You know? <laughs> no, it's true. It's like I said, there were times where I'm like, totally worth it. I've got yeah. a super, like, I love, there's a place in Chattanooga, Hot Chocolatier. Yes. Mm, total mm-hmm. plug for that. But like, mm-hmm. so worth it. Yeah. So good. Totally. But then there's other times you have desserts and you're like, or two day old. Donuts or yes. something, you're like not worth it, right? Right. Why did I eat that? Right. And to be fair, that's not. I think it's not about shame either. It's no. just like no, it just isn't worth yeah. it. It's just not that good. It's just another food experience for your belt. So you say next time I see a two two day old donut, <laughs> maybe I'm gonna go get something else. You Which know? sounds funny that like why would I even eat that? Yeah. Except no, that just... if you've been depriving yourself exactly. of sweets, and that's the only thing in the room totally. that's sweet. Guess right. what you're gonna do? Right. Exactly. At least what I'm going to do. Yeah. I want to eat the two-day-old donut. Yes. And then be like, crap, that was terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so the next thing, the next principle, number four, is challenge the food police, which is what we've been talking about. We don't shame ourselves for eating something, quote, good, or pat ourselves on the back for eating something, quote, I think I said that backwards. Or, oh, no, I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all know we don't have to shame ourselves for eating something good. However, well, well, and I just listening to this dietitian the other day, and he was saying, you know, if I tell a client, great job for eating your broccoli, then the inverse is also true. When you don't eat your broccoli, you're not doing a good job. You know, so we don't need to be praising for eating healthy stuff either. Um, right now I'm feeling a little convicted about my parenting style. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're all constantly learning, right? <laughs> You're not going to be perfect. The, the point is not to be perfect with intuitive eating because you can turn intuitive eating into a diet by yeah. making it a strict set of rules. No, right? Yeah. I, I think the sense I get is it's learning how to listen to yourself and pay attention to your needs. Yes. Which is important in like several aspects oh, of our lives. And it goes along with physical therapy so well because um, it's based on this idea of interceptive awareness where there's a physical feeling for our emotions and there's a physical feeling coming from our body for different things. Like mm-hmm. my eyelids are getting heavy. I'm sleepy. That's interceptive awareness. I need to go to the bathroom. That's intuitive peeing. Intuitive (laughs) peeing. So, you know, when we're hungry, we judge ourselves for that or when we start to get full and, but we don't judge ourselves when we have to go to the bathroom, right? I have to, I have to, we do, we do need food to live. Yeah. Like your body's telling you. Right. How to eat. And it is complicated. Um, Our body needs a variety of things. Yes. And once you strip away all the food rules and you truly let yourself eat what you want to eat with attunement, you will naturally crave a variety of things. And you can probably think of a time in your life when you haven't had access to something. Like if you have gone abroad and you don't have your favorite XYZ, or if you are on a road trip and you know you don't have access to a lot of fresh foods. And so 
I actually was just thinking that yeah. a few years ago, um, when I was I was pregnant, um, but we went to Seattle. Of course, everything's pre-COVID. Oh yeah, <laughs> we went to Seattle on a trip, Glory you know, like we did. And um, but I remember I actually took a picture. I was like, Brian, <laughs> sounds so weird, but like take a picture. We were at a market. And I got like fresh blackberries, oh. but we'd been eating out the whole time, yeah. and I was craving, yes. like craving some fresh food, ah. like fresh fruits and vegetables because yeah. I wasn't getting that. We ate like pastries for breakfast and, you exactly. know, which is yummy, yeah. but my oh. body wasn't getting what it needed yeah. nutritionally. Yeah. So when we don't have judgment around ourselves or our food, we just kind of naturally eat in a balanced way. If we eat a big brunch, we might not eat again till later that night. You know, if we eat a small breakfast, we'll be pretty hungry by lunch, you know? Mm-hmm. So it all, it all evens itself out. If we can kind of live in this space of curiosity about what's going on with our bodies and our hunger and our fullness and our cravings instead of judgment. Mm. Um, so, and what you brought up was principle number five, which is satisfaction factor. A lot of people forget that food is wonderful, you know, and, and mm, I love it. Yeah. And not every meal we eat can be exactly what we want at that time. But especially as a mom, especially I'm literally gosh. like eating their leftovers, oh. which I know is not. Honestly, that is not smart, right? That's not me. That's me not taking care of myself. True. I'm not prioritizing my cravings. I'm eating whatever they have left over because I'm busy. Exactly. And so, and that's not healthy either. And they go in, in the book, they go into types of eating styles and chaotic eating. Chaotic unconscious eating is one of those styles. So depending on your lifestyle, um, that, that, so that's what it reminded me of, that, you know, you're a busy mom of three and you also work and own your own business. And so it can be, you're sometimes in survival mode with eating, which is okay. You know, and you, you're eating that leftovers for your kids because you know, you need to eat food and you don't have time to create this gourmet salad. But it's true that if I, I found that if I plan it, and really for me, it's me giving myself the freedom right. of caring for myself. Exactly. So That's I know so I'm going good. to be hungry for lunch. Yes. Do I have food in the fridge that I can easily grab and go? Yes. And not only because, well, this is healthier, but also because I'm worthy of. Totally. If, if I'm buying food for my children, shouldn't I also buy food that I would enjoy? Amen. So, yes. yes. And so along those lines, it is a healthier choice, but it's also just me considering myself. Yes. Yeah, and, and you will ultimately be more satisfied when you eat that way and when you put yourself first. Like, I've, you know, I've talked with friends about how, you know, all the fruit in their house goes to the kids, you know. Oh, my and, gosh, that's me. Okay, maybe like, it was you. My, <laughs> totally but literally, I'd buy, like, this huge thing of blueberries from Costco, yeah. and I would, and I love blueberries. Yeah. But I wouldn't eat mm-hmm. it because it's one of the things my children will just devour that's yeah. really rich in vitamins and like yes. filled. And so I was not allowing myself to eat that uh-huh. because, um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Very There's another friend that said that, but, um, very common, but yes, where yeah. I, I've started, I've started to having, I've started needing to teach myself that like I'm yeah. allowed yes. to eat this too. <laughs> if they get a yogurt parfait with blueberries and I want one, I should oh, make myself yeah. one. Oh yeah. And, and sometimes I make food for myself before I make food for my kids because Preach. <laughs> I'm like, I need, I need energy and fuel 
to get through this day with you girls. <laughs> I yes. love you. But yeah, that's, and that's... I don't know if it's healthy, but one of the things I've done early on with my children, mm-hmm. and my and I know I do it enough that like my oldest, who's now seven, repeats it back to me. <laughs> um, but like if I fix them all food and then I fix myself food and I sit down to eat and they want mm-hmm. something more, mm-hmm. like, well, you can either go get it mm-hmm. or you can wait until I've had my portion. That's but That's great. what I've said is I'm also a human. Yes. And I also need food. Yes. And I'm also hungry. You're so, telling them that you're not going to be their servant all night. Yeah. And that you have to be fed too. And, and, and I'm listening to my body like yeah. they need to listen to their body. Yeah. You're teaching them to take care of themselves by taking care of yourself. Well, good. That makes hey. me feel better because I'm like, get your own food. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like it's going to be that long. They're not going to have to wait that long. Right. <laughs> you have to wait a whole five minutes <laughs> yeah. before you get seconds. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Okay, so. Okay, so feel your fullness is another principle. Um, piggybacks off of honor your hunger. Honor your hunger, it depends which one's harder for people. But um, one of the points with feeling your fullness is check in with yourself during a snack or a meal to see if you're still hungry. And I, why I say if you're still hungry and not if you're full is because you probably won't feel full yet. Um, it takes, it really does. The 20 minute thing is true. It takes 20 minutes from your mouth to travel down your esophagus into your stomach. And then it spits out a teaspoon at a time from your stomach into your small intestine. And your small intestine is where the fullness hormones come from. So it really does take time for your brain to get the message that you have been fed. And so, but most of us eat in under 20 minutes for every meal. Right. And so it's um, it's a little bit of a dance to figure out when is that point, because we've all been full, you know, Thanksgiving with dessert full. Right. Like mm-hmm. we've all been there and that's not comfortable. Or when you eat a meal because it's time and you're not hungry at all. Very, very good point. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we have to do that because you only have an hour for a lunch break. And you have to do it. And you, you don't know? have another one for another five hours. Right. Right. Like, yeah. So sometimes we have to eat when we're not that hungry, but we're still taking care of ourselves. Um, Can I also just yeah. add what you said? Um, if someone's constipated. Oh, my gosh. Yes. They have no appetite. Yes. Yes. Um, because like you just said, right? You get right. your fullness from your intestines. Right. There's that feedback loop. Yeah. Our so body is. As a PT, I'd be like, are you regular? Right. Yes. <laughs> but it's true. It plays a role. I if... talk about that all the time with patients. Yeah. So there's, just so you guys know, there's a lot of stuff you can do to help with that. Yes. Holistically. That's pointing out how it's a feedback loop. So anyway, but just checking in with yourself. How does the food taste? How hungry are you? We have this, there's this concept called sensory specific satiety. Sensory specific satiety, and it's the the best study on it they did with college kids. And for thirty days, they offered these kids pizza for dinner. And as you can imagine, the first night, the first week or so, it's like woohoo, pizza for dinner. Day thirty, pizza for dinner. Like, no. Oh my gosh! And you can imagine there's a lot more pizza eaten at the beginning than at the end. And so that's what sensory specific satiety is: is that you know we get bored with the same thing over and over again. That's why some people don't have leftovers. Um, So, (laughs) you know, but. um, See, I love leftovers only because as a parent, that means I I don't have to cook them. Exactly. And I actually, actually, it's so sad. I love cooking. It's one of my hobbies. I do too. But as a 
parent who's working with kids that don't like most of the things I cook. That's not the type of cooking you like. It right? has like, it has lost this joy on me. You know, which hard. I know it will happen again. Um, yes. I'm not sad long term, but I'm in a yeah. season where I've had to yes. learn that simple is better. Right. Exactly. Leftovers are a win. Yes. Exactly. For me. Yeah, I agree. There will be a day where I'm like, eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have time to do something different. But um, yeah, so. And, and that pause in the middle of a snack or a meal is not for you to stop eating. Even if you feel like you're pretty full and the food doesn't really taste good anymore, there might be a reason for you to keep eating. So it's not a promise or commitment to say, okay, this pause means that I have to stop eating. No, it's just a check-in with yourself. Make sure you're not overly full. Make yeah. sure, Yeah, because it's not comfortable to be overly full. Are you going to get overly full at some point after you become an intuitive eater? Yes. <laughs> you know, you're going to make all kinds of different blunders with food, but that's the point. It's a food experience and you learn from it. Um, Getting to know your body. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a dance. It's, it's, uh, it's fluid. So the next principle is number seven, cope with your emotions with kindness. So um, there's a lot of great ways to comfort yourself without food, but food is also an option. So it doesn't mean that you can't eat to comfort yourself. That is one of the many things that you can do. Problems come in when people, that's like the only way they know how to comfort themselves is with food. It's also really easy to comfort yourself with food because it's almost always available. It's usually fast. It usually tastes good. And I mean, what else is, you know, Okay, I hear draw a bath. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to draw a bath for myself in the middle of the day to calm down. you got to be kidding. I'll just eat a little bit of chocolate, you know. So, um, or like, know. I mean, I, I even know, like, as a parent, like a glass of wine and Netflix, yeah. right? It's like that is the easiest way to unwind at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that that's the only option. It doesn't right. mean it's the healthiest option. Yeah. It's okay to do it sometimes. It's an you, option. But you don't want it to be... Yeah. All the time. Right, right. Yeah. It's good to have some more tools in your toolbox. Um, the next one's respect your body. And this one can be really hard if you're in a body that you don't um, currently like or love. Um, your body might be different than it was last year or a decade ago. Um, and so the point is not to make yourself like or love your body, but it's to treat your body with respect and dignity and to feed yourself um, consistently. I find that a lot of people, you know, when, when there isn't feeding consistently going on, that's when a lot of the un- unintended eating comes in, right? You know, I used to see when I worked at, a, at the corporate level, a lot of people would go a really long time between lunch and dinner, and then they were judging themselves so hard for eating so much at dinner and it's like well it's been five six seven hours since you last ate something of course you're gonna overeat because you're catching up for those lost calories but there's this idea out there that we're clay and we can mold our bodies and I'm sure you get this a lot as as a physical therapist that we can mold and shape our bodies and there's only so much we can do with our body shape and size that we can change so just as I usually phrase it like let's be the healthiest version of ourselves yeah. And, um, yeah. Which it looks different for every single person. Right. And respecting the body that we have here and now, because it's actually the only body that we're ever going to have, is the body that we have here and now. And 
Um, I feel like that's especially challenging postpartum. Yes. So this is where I was so interested and we talked a little bit about this, but um, Mm -hmm. it is a tricky thing because I don't believe in um, like a nursing mama's drastically cutting their calories and running every day when their body's needing to nourish themselves and their babies. Right. Right. It's like the opposite of what we need. Exactly. But, and then sometimes it might be like, well, here's a hundred calorie snack pack of Oreos. And it's like, okay, that provides no nutritional value whatsoever. And not that it's not okay to eat those. Right. But that, that's, it'd be way better to eat an apple and peanut butter. Sure. If that's. For satiety. Yeah. It depends right? on what it is. It depends on what it is. Yeah. But the point being that like, I think one of the problems is that women often find themselves in this place where they're like, okay. What if I did gain 50 pounds during my pregnancy and I Mm -hmm. still have it postpartum and I can't fit in any of my clothes? Mm -hmm. I mean, it takes me a long time. By a Mm -hmm. long time, I mean a year. Mm -hmm. It takes me a year for me to feel like I can actually fit in my clothes again. Um, And that's different after each baby. It's been a little bit. It's been very up and down. Yeah. Um, So I know that feeling of like, okay, it's been six months. I'm back at work. But mm-hmm. none of my clothes fit me. I'm too cheap to buy all new clothes. Yes. <laughs> so what am I doing? Right. There is this sense of like, I'm frustrated, mm-hmm. but I also want to respect my body. Yes. How do you yeah. do both? Right. Well, you mentioned one of the practical tips I give for this principle is like buying new un- undergarments that don't pinch off your legs or your hips, you know. Being uncomfortable all day in too tight clothing is not going to be a way to help you move forward with your goals for your body. So, which is good because I think people think the opposite. They think, right. well, if I buy this, mm-hmm. I'm going to cave. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've, my body is different now than it was pre kids. And I'm not going to say that, oh, it's just been easy and I've just accepted my body and it's totally fine. No, I've, Everybody struggles with parts of their body. So I think it's better to look at your body as an instrument, not an ornament. And, you know, just having a lot of compassion with ourselves. Um, but the, the idea of treating your body with dignity is just holding the intention of meeting its basic needs. And so we can at least do that, right? We can at least try to eat enough food throughout the day. We can at least try. And as a mom, I understand. I hate it when people say sleep more, but you know, getting this, what, what you can, right. Whatever phase of life you're in right now. Yeah, but, and I know it depends on your partner, but um, I think I would love to see a movement where um, the fathers are getting up more at night with mm-hmm. the children. And I think that that's something that honestly, through my three pregnancies, it went from me basically getting up. And to be fair, you're nur- like for me, I was nursing. Right. I kind of felt like, well, you know, what's the, actually the first time he got up with me for a bit and then we realized one of us needed to sleep. And then the second one, it was kind of just me. And then the third, it was actually almost only him. Wow. Like, that's cool. <laughs> Cause I was like, wait a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I also pumped and I was like, I'm going to sleep for six hours. Yes. And if the baby wakes up, here's a, a bottle mm-hmm. and that's not for everyone but right. i think that um people taking a personal responsibility for supporting each other yes and getting creative to find ways to make that happen yeah because the lack of sleep does have a huge effect mm-hmm. on your ability to exercise mm-hmm. and your ability to make good choices for your body with oh, food yeah. 
um, all sorts of things, yep. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. It was really hard for me. Sleep deprivation was really hard for me. There, there's not much harder in this world. Yeah. It, I mean, after my first, I didn't exercise regularly for like two years because I thought I didn't have the energy. But then I finally realized if I exercise, I will have better energy and I'll sleep better. You know, so, gosh, it's a journey. It is a journey. And that's okay. And this can take, by the way, intuitive eating can take years. I mean, it can, for some people, you know, they dive in and they like kind of go through it in a few months and they feel like, oh yeah, like this is it. But most people have enough baggage and enough stuff going on in their food life that, that it can take months to years to really feel like I'm incorporating most of these principles every day, you know? So as a, as a mother who, do you, I mean, as an intuitive eater, Counselor, or what? Yeah. what is that yeah. the right yeah. phrase? Okay. Yeah. Um, so if someone's coming to you and they're saying, okay, I don't have a lot of energy, I'm feeling depleted, mm-hmm. I also have this extra weight that's been really frustrating. Right. What do I do? Yeah. We would, I mean, we would look at their patterns of eating, their timing of their eating. Um, we would look at what they're eating. There's so much that goes into it, obviously. But um, do you think sometimes you have to learn how to eat foods with more nutrients to then learn how they satisfy or don't satisfy or? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, there's such a good question. I only ask because yeah. I think that, for instance, a lot of people have like a pretty moderate, well-balanced way of eating. Yeah. Um, but every now and then I have a patient or a friend or, you know, and, and they kind of live on fast food. Yeah. And sure. that's kind of the way it's always been. Right. Um, right. And if that's all your body knows, yes. right? And, and I feel like a lot of people have really boring experiences with vegetables, especially. They've been boiled their whole life <laughs> to death or, you know. Um, so like roasting vegetables, for example, mm. brings out a whole different flavor. My mom hated Brussels sprouts her whole life because she always had them boiled. But then. Yeah, who um, boil Brussels? I'm just saying. <laughs> Brussels sprouts are so good. Yeah, when you roast them. They're so delicious. So, yeah. so, you know, we call it experimenting. with. Let's have a food experiment where, you know, you toss them in some olive oil, salt, and pepper, and you throw them in the oven for 10 to 15 minutes. Add a piece of bacon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the ninth principle is movement. You know, I don't counsel a lot on the movement because that's not my scope of practice. But, um. We talk about finding enjoyable ways to move your body instead of, I have to go to the gym and burn this many calories. You know, we talk about maybe there's some more creative ways we can think about moving that you actually enjoy. For me, I've gone back and forth for years and I've finally, and my therapist tells me too, I see a big difference in you when you do yoga, Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) And when you do yoga. (laughs) And it is so true. And I just, I really, that is my preferred form of exercise. I have to say, my husband has started doing yoga. I'm mm. um, just like YouTubing, but like mm-hmm. he's been doing mm-hmm. yoga, and he absolutely it's helped his pain with yeah. running. It's helped, I think, mood. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, but yes. So, yeah. and you know, movement's an interesting point because as a physical therapist mm-hmm. who works with public health, mm-hmm. yes, there's m- movement and exercise for what I think most people only think of movement and exercise for caloric burn. Right. right, like how many calories can I burn doing this activity? Right, and while it can be helpful to learn that, okay, if I eat a giant bag of M and M's, how long would it take me to burn that? Right. You know, but but for the most part, like movement is really probably that's goal. I would assume is more for gut motility. 
Oh, yeah. Because moving and exercise helps your GI system literally move through its path that it's supposed to. Yes. And most people who exercise regularly or move regularly don't say they do it for calories burned. When you study people who move regularly, the number one reason is for their mental health. Absolutely. It's so good. Or I know I've I've even told my children if they ask why, because we make exercise a priority in our house and if and I do it at home because I can't get away right <laughs> me too <laughs> but when they ask why yeah I'm like well because I care about my pain and my health and my yeah. future and my yeah. strength it's not I never say yeah. it's to be skinny or to burn calories good um good for you that's well that's genuinely not why I do it yeah. I yeah, used yeah, yeah. I either. used to yeah when I like in high school oh, yeah I would go to the gym to like you said, burn so many calories. Right. I can tell you that didn't work out very well for me. Yeah. So it's been like, as a physical therapist, it's a completely different mindset. Yes. With why you exercise. It's for your future health. Yes. Of your entire body. Yes. Not just calories. Exactly. The movement. Yes. Yes. What's the 10th? Okay. So this is surprising to a lot of people, but number 10 is gentle nutrition. So they don't even talk about nutrition until the very end of the book. And with clients, when you're working on intuitive eating, you don't talk about nutrition until the very end. And it's not because nutrition's not important. I'm such a nutrition geek. I understand that nutrients are so important in all these different ways. And there's a lot we don't even know yet that um, food does for us. But um, if you put that number one, it's going to sidetrack you. It's going to get you off course. You're going to make choices based on external factors again and you're not going to make choices based on what you need and what your body's telling you so you can't get too strict with the, nu- the nutrition from the beginning you've got to kind of cultivate that towards the end once you've let go a lot of a lot of these rules once you're honoring your fullness once you're coping with your emotions with kindness once you're respecting your fullness honoring your hunger all that so you can't go too heavy on the nutrition at the beginning and that's what most diet plans do, right? It's all nutrition. It's only nutrition. They don't talk about anything else. I think the point of that too is if you get in tune with your body, you'll listen. Your body will tell you when it's needing a certain thing. Right. The silly example being like, I felt like I needed steak yeah. when I was pregnant. Totally. So it's, it's it, yeah. your body is letting you know what it's deficient in. Yeah. Um, if you listen to it. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's not going to always be, you know, if you want steak and potatoes, you're not going to always be able to get it right away, you know, but, but you can plan that into your next week or whatever. Does this tie into intuitive eating in the sense that I think that the only thing I would struggle with myself yeah. as a busy mama is that mm-hmm. do I just wait until it grabs me? And I think the answer is no, right? Because that's just not practical. Um, cause then you're eating whatever you can find. So I think the best thing I've found for myself is I have a couple options yeah. Yeah, available yeah, yeah. and then I can kind of listen to my body. Right. And I but think take some forethought and some planning and right. some prioritizing for your health. Right. Yeah. It's food is, man, it takes a lot of planning and coordination to get the food even into your house. Right. Um, so And some people are better at meal planning than others. Some people are better at just throwing meals together. They just have a certain amount of food around and they just throw meals together. I don't think that there's any one right way to do it. I personally meal plan most of the time. That doesn't mean every week I've got these like perfect meals going on, but 
have a general idea of when I'm at the grocery store of what I'm going to cook. Um, but I have a dietitian friend who does not do that at all. And all she does is she brings food into the house and then she throws stuff together. I'm more of a throw things together kind of person. Yeah. And there's got my veggies, my potatoes, my yeah, you know, like yeah. the basics and then we'll totally things. Yes. And so, um, some people where this gets tricky is, okay, do I have my favorite chips around all the time? You know, do I like for me, for example, if you ask me what's in my car right now, it is an apple core and Ruffles extra crispy hot wing <laughs> flavor. <laughs> I have to say, I love spicy things. Man. And I love salty yeah. things. Yes. So if I'm craving, I do mm-hmm. love a good mm, crunchy chips. I've also mm-hmm. found, though, that I love crunchy, spicy pickles. Yes. There you go. So. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's like, <laughs> They're so good. Yes. My, my husband also hates them. Um, but so when I go to the grocery store, sometimes yeah. I buy those for myself. No yes. one else in my family likes them. Yeah. But I love them. Yeah, and you know they'll hit a certain craving for you. And they, they satisfy a certain craving that mm-hmm. a, a less healthy option yeah. would also serve. Like, I think it's they both would right. fill the same bucket for me. Right. And both are okay. I have yeah. actually both in my fridge right now. Great. Like in my cabinets. Good. But even like 50-50. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. some of the time I choose that and some of the time I choose the, exactly. the healthier option. Exactly. Yeah, like for chips... It's funny because we live in a really small house and so we don't have a pantry. So we have, we actually don't even have that much space for chips. Chips are one of my things that that's one of my go-to. Like if I, you know, am craving something, it's usually something like a chip. It's crunchy, it's salty, it's maybe spicy. Like Mexican food. Mm. (laughs) And so, but I don't keep chips around, not because I don't think that I should and not because I think that they're not healthy. Because all foods fit. There's no good or bad foods. But um, I found that I, I just don't, I would rather have them sparingly. Like today, I went to the store and I was like, oh, I, I'm feeling like chips today. I'm going to have chips around. Um, but it's a personal decision. Like, but for example, I do keep my favorite chocolate bar around all the time. It's milk chocolate. It's not dark chocolate. And it has almonds in it. It has toffee in it. and I can envision and like taste that chocolate. Yes. <laughs> and I keep it around. And I'm like, yes, I know that chocolate. <laughs> you know, sometimes I eat a rose, sometimes I eat two rows. It just depends on the day. But since it's around all the time, I don't feel deprived by it. So mm-hmm. I can eat it when I want and I don't eat it when I don't want it. And I can truly decide whether I want it or not. And for somebody who hasn't made peace with food, that sounds crazy. How could you have chocolate around, you know? I worked for a chocolate store, a mom and pop chocolate store in college. And so that was my first real experience with intuitive eating around chocolate. And I got the question all the time, how do you work around chocolate all day and not eat it all day? And it's like, well, if you worked around chocolate all day, you would not eat it all day. I say, so Tyler. It doesn't feel good. Tyler, um, (laughs) our sound guy here, um, Tyler and I both worked at a local ice cream shop in Chattanooga. There you go. And way back in the day. And yes, yeah. it was the type of thing that yeah. I did not eat much ice cream while we worked there. I mean, we yeah. had, if I wanted them to have like a spoonful and that's all I really wanted. Right. You whittle it down to your favorites, right? And then you have them sparingly. Yeah. Yeah. You just straight up don't want it. I uh, mean, when you're surrounded by it all day or yes. you eat it every day. Right. Yeah. And that's the sensory specific satiety thing where, you know, you let yourself be around it enough 
to where you absolutely know it's available and you can have it when you want it and you're not deprived of it. Mm. And so some people decide if it's ice cream for somebody who really loves ice cream, some people decide, I don't think I can have it in my house all the time, but I'm going to let myself go out and get it whenever I want. You know, it's available to them in that way. That feels yeah. safer. Without thinking about it, I think we do that. Yeah. We don't keep a lot of sweets that I love. Yeah. A lot of sweets to me just aren't worth it, but I love sweets. Yeah. But therefore, whenever I want to go to Hot Chocolatier in Chattanooga, yes. I'm going to have as much of that as I want in that moment. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's great. Yeah, and you can eat with attunement and you can decide, okay, this isn't tasting so good anymore. So like today, I knew I was meal hungry. So by that you mean you meal hungry. That's the term. I was meal hungry, not snack hungry. So and you, I was you like, needed like a proper meal. Yeah, I needed a proper meal, but I didn't have a proper meal. And I was running errands and blah, blah, blah. And I just decided I'm going to have this apple and chips for lunch. And that, that's what I did. And so I reminded myself before I started eating the chips, hey, Rebecca, you're meal hungry. You know, try to slow down, which can be contrived to eat slowly. But I did remind myself, hey, Rebecca, you're meal hungry. You're going to really like these chips because you haven't had them in a while. And so I, I just ate them. And, and I was driving, too. And, and you hear, don't eat while you drive. Don't eat while you're. Watch TV. Yeah, you know. But, you know, you can, you can do it semi-mindfully and be okay yeah well, also that's life right it's life it's totally life I was like well this is appropriate on the day that I'm going to talk about <laughs> intuitive eating on a podcast I've got apple I've got literally got like an apple which is the sign of an RD <laughs> and I've got chips which is not the sign of RD but that's kind of the point you know it is kind of the point yeah. so I know that I'm gonna be pretty hungry for like a regular dinner tonight because I didn't have really a proper lunch, so. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I was just, that also makes me think of a whole new thing. How different people crave different mm. types of yes. food. Like, I'm a very, like, I need protein in every meal. Yes. So when you say you would apples and chips, I'm like. There was no, pro exactly. I'm like, but protein. There was no protein. <laughs> yeah. And not because I think every meal should have protein. It's because if I don't eat protein, I don't feel good. Yeah, and but, I, I typically don't either. And so that's something I've learned about my body through yes. the years. And yes. I need, I also can't cut out carbohydrates, but I've also learned that if I have too many, I don't feel good. Yeah. Exactly. So I need some, but not too much. Right. Like if I just eat pancakes for breakfast, I'm going to crash. Yeah. So I either have to eat some eggs with it or some bacon or some sausage or something, or I know I need a mid-morning snack. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if we have a... I have a brunch. I'm like, I need my healthy breakfast first so I can enjoy my brunch. <laughs> because, but I also have a very sensitive body where like my blood sugar and sodium yes. levels get off pretty quickly. Yes. I wonder how much of that is me and how much of that is me growing up with an unhealthy food relationship. Like, so interesting. Like wondering if I created, not trying to like blame myself at all. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. as a young kid, like you don't know what you're doing. Oh, uh, yeah. But, but um, wondering if those problems always existed in me mm -hmm. or if my unhealthy relationship at some point created those imbalances? I don't know. Cause I would say I have, I have to be careful about my blood sugar too. Cause I can, we call them, you know, blood sugar dives in my family. Uh, my granddaddy has it. I have it too. And, and I actually, my mom didn't know that she was raising us in a pretty healthy way around food, but she was. 
And so she. That's nice. She, yeah. That's so rare. <laughs> Not many people can say God. that. So she We grew, accidentally were raised in a healthy yeah, relationship with food. Yeah. <laughs> she grew up with a plain plate club. So she knew she didn't want to do that to us. And she cooked most meals, even though she was a single mom. And, you know, single working full-time mom, full-time job. She cooked the same meals pretty much every week, which we joke about now, to the point where I can't eat most of that stuff anymore <laughs> because of that. I had it so much. But, she, I mean, she cooked meals, and they were fast, and they were quick, but they were, you know, pretty balanced. And she had chips around. She had, you know, but she, she didn't ever – food was just there. You know, food was food. And that's one of my favorite sayings is food is food. It's meant to be enjoyed, and it's meant to be around a loving table, and it's meant to nourish us in more ways than one. And so we just ate until we were full, and then it was over. Mm-hmm. And so. I like that. Yeah. All right, you mamas. So yeah. do you have any advice specifically for moms kind of learning to figure out a new system after they've had babies? Gosh. it. Especially if you're nursing, trust your hunger. It's going to be intense. Trust your thirst. It's also going to be intense. Absolutely. Um, oh, side note. Even when nursing, you should have a nice way to tell if you're dehydrated. Because hmm. I feel like I, I remember yes. nursing and um, feeling like I was drinking so much water. Yes. And I never had to pee. So if you... If you're going... A healthy bladder should have to pee every two to four hours. Okay. During Great. the day. You should not have to wake up at night for that. But during the day, so if you're going six plus hours without having to pee, um, your body is probably dehydrated. And even yeah. if you're drinking a ton of water, mm. you might need to add some more or mm. add some electrolytes into That's, that water balance to help your body absorb that a little bit better. That's awesome. But So to yes. wrap up, tell us about intuitive yeah. peeing. Well, it's just that what you were most talking people, about. Yeah, most people know that sense of, okay, I have to go to the bathroom, but I've got this phone call. Or, you know, I, I need to wait for a second. I don't have to go right now. Um, I'll be interested on your thoughts if that's a good thing to do or not. <laughs> but, um, but then there's that, there's that point where, no, I don't care about this phone call. I don't care about this meeting. I have to go right now, you know. Yeah. And th- the same buildup happens with hunger. So there's the hunger that we can ignore. We can ignore. We can ignore. And then it gets to primal hunger. I'm at a 10 on the hunger scale. I'm going to eat any and everything. Get out of my way. I'm very, very hungry. Mm-hmm. I'll, and, and then that's usually the point where it's hard to make any kind of rational decision about what you're going to eat. You know, What's interesting is for me, mine's less pure hunger and more about like feeling shaky, feeling sick, even nauseous. Like my body goes more into mm-hmm. less traditional hunger mm-hmm. and more like my body's depleted. Yeah. Like, I rarely actually feel hungry. I get, like, symptoms of yeah, not having enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's... But I, same concept. Your body's right. telling you everything's fine, everything's fine. You're like, nope, yeah. we're here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the idea is to try to cultivate. Most people don't know what those early little pangs are for hunger. And the idea is to pay attention to those early little pangs so you can prepare yourself for eating so you don't get to the point where you feel nauseous, shaky, that's, that's getting too hungry. And so trying to figure out what are my earlier signs where I can go ahead and feed my body, where I'm not getting to this primal 
survival state of hunger. I know it sounds so bad. I promise. No, that. it's it's very. That's <laughs> those are normal signs. Well, and of and hunger. My disposition is more sensitive to that. Like I create yeah. that more easily. It can yes. sometimes be like I haven't eaten in like three hours. Yeah, and that oh, yeah. happens, and I'm like, what the heck. Well, and it all depends on, you know, what did you eat three hours ago? Yes. Right? So that's where the whole idea of pancakes versus, like, protein, yes. right? Exactly. Some things yeah. don't provide the sustenance that I need. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Pay attention along the way. Kind of just get to know your yeah. your body on that yeah. side. We call it being your own food anthropologist. That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, just trying to be curious and, you know, also acknowledging that there might be some deep-seated issues. You might, you know, you might need a therapist to help you, and that's fine. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of us have trauma with food. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. But I think this, what I love about intuitive eating from what I've heard is it's listening to your body, appreciating your body, respecting it, and learning how to have a healthy relationship with food again. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yay. Thank you so much for talking with us, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Um, And if you guys are interested in learning more, I will share her contact information um, in this podcast. Um, Because I do not, as you know now, do not know a ton about this. I'm also learning. Um, But it sounds really beautiful. It's the type of way that I know I would like to both lead my children and myself um, when it comes to fueling your body. So thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Yeah. And if you want to find an intuitive eating counselor near you, you can go to intuitiveeating.org. Fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Heal at Home Moms. I'm Dr. Jenna Bice. If you need any further help, you are welcome to find us on healathomemoms.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and I also offer telehealth for those of you far away who need some one-on-one consultation and in-person concierge mobile physical therapy. So if you are in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area and you are looking to heal, I am here for you. 